Hey everyone, before we start, I wanted to encourage you to become part of our community on Discord. I always like to say the water is warm, it's very inviting, and no one is going to treat you anything less than an awesome human being because that's how we run it. Our Discord community has actually grown every single day for the last 53 days, and we are so proud of that. But that's where we're going to interact with you a little bit more. And you could ask your questions. You could show your project. You can do all kinds of things. But if you've been on the fence about Discord, like I always was, give it a shot. And we'll see you there. Links in the show notes. There are two topics that are incredibly popular right now and for good reason. Emerging technology, hello, Web3, and mental health. Today's guest is at the forefront of discovering the harmony between tech and humanity and is going to teach us newbies how we can stay mentally strong in this NFT game. Look, are you interested in investing or collecting NFTs but are overwhelmed with all the information? Heather and I were true, true NFT newbies. We're going to break it down as we're learning, as we wander unafraid into the world of digital art. Listen, y'all, we're going to cure you of your FOMO, mildly educate you, and give our unqualified opinions and hopefully have a lot of laughs along the way. Welcome back, everyone. Today's guest is Brian Fanzo, who is a futurist keynote speaker. He's a host of the NFT 365 podcast. He's buying a new NFT every single freaking day day and documenting the process. He's a girl dad like me. Heather's a girl mom. We're all awesome. And he's also the creator of ADHD Creator Coin. Unlike us newbies, though, his background is actually in tech. Okay, so like, we are not like him. Uh, And his skill set, I like the way he puts this, is translating the geek speak. Yeah. And so we're excited to have him on. If you are in the Twitter space at all and into the NFT world, I guarantee you have at least heard of Fanzo. Uh, People love this dude because, again, he's focused on the harmony of technology and humanity. So we wanted to have him on to give us a few pointers about how we can stay mentally healthy in a very digital world. Rich and I are always talking about the FOMO, the panic, the freak out of being in this world. And so that's what we're going to dig in today. But before he gives us a few tips, I just wanted to ask him, He's been in the tech space for years. So where did the more human part of his interest come from? Through school, I was not a great student. Like I struggled massively through school. And throughout that time, I kind of always knew like I had to find my own path. And when I was 31, so nine years ago now, one day changed my life. And it was the day I got diagnosed with ADHD. And I walked into the doctor's office. I kind of knew my youngest brother had been diagnosed two years earlier. I was at this point where I was struggling because I was having massive success in my business. I had, we had two kids, I had a nice house, but I struggled with always feeling like I was broken, like as a whole, because I couldn't do like the basics that everyone else was doing. Like they, and they were like, Brian, like just do that. And I'm like, you realize I want to do it, but I can't. And I could never really verbalize that. And so that day, I mean, I remember, I know where my Jeep was. I know the clothes I wear. Um, I got diagnosed and it was the day that I went from feeling broken to just being reminded I'm different. And that like clicked for me on like being diagnosed ADHD. And it was about a year after that, like I was getting asked questions on a stage and someone asked me a question about like, you talk with your hands and you talk fast, but like, we really love what you're doing. Like, what is your superpower? And I replied, ADHD is my superpower. (laughs) And, and I remember like the whole audience going like, did he just say that? 
And I leaned into it a little bit and was like, well, I was diagnosed ADHD, but now looking back, I realized this part of who I am, the way my brain works, is that I'm just different. And I've always been okay with being different, but I didn't realize my brain was wired differently. And like, that was a big piece for me. And when I like started to like kind of dive into that, because people would start asking questions. And it was funny, the very next keynote I gave, I mentioned ADHD again. And I had 60 people in a line like afterwards waiting to talk. All 60 of them only asked about ADHD. I felt like really bad because I was like, I spent all this time talking about this. T- I was, and I was a really bad. T- the talk was how to migrate into cloud computing, like as boring as you could get. But the ADHD conversation was what was kind of, kind of set forth. And so for me, the whole, like, you know, what I, I kind of recognized was in my career, like when I had this, my dream job, technology evangelist, I actually got like, when I had my one year anniversary, they were like, Brian, we're giving you a new job title. And they had like this big rollout and they changed my title from tech evangelist to change evangelist. And I was like, well, what is, why is that? And they're like, we get feedback from all of our, you know, our clients, all of our people that you actually help us use less tech, not more tech. And I was like, well, it's true because I don't like tech for technology's sake. I don't like, I never believe technology solves people problems. I believe people solve people problems and technology kind of helps us. And that was kind of like that, like, oh, wait a second. And I will say the more I leaned into like, hey, this is my ADHD or hey, I'm a proud girl dad. And and I'm also a very emotional person. I've always been emotional my entire life. Like uh, I say this, like I struggle with rejection sensitivity dysphoria, uh, which I mean, it's, it's been every minute of my life. I didn't realize it was a thing until uh, being diagnosed. But like I was the kid that was like, I was the captain of our hockey team on the third line. So I was not the most talented player, but I was, I, I was a leader in the team, but I also could see the ice. But I was the kid that like the coach would yell at me and I would just start crying. Since I was, since I could ever remember, I didn't handle that very well. But like for me, I would cry, compartmentalize it, get on the ice, do what I need to do or, or play sports. Um, and now the funny part about that, like all looking back was like, that was just my way of like, of, of like compartmentalizing it, of being able to take it in where I know so many others kind of don't have that outlet and aren't comfortable. Like I was, you know, the crybaby on, on the ice or in the locker room, but eventually it was like something I just became like, I owned like, Hey, I'm an emotional guy. Like I cry watching undercover boss on TV. Like my daughters laugh. Like we watch American Ninja warrior and there's like a backstory of a kid and they like, look over at me and there's like <laughs> tears in my eye. They're like, I like, I'm very like oh, sentimental. Geez. Right. And, and so to me, it was like an aha moment of, wait a second, like I've never been just a tech futurist and I'm not, I don't consider myself like an expert in like the mental health or humanity side, but like that harmony between the two is where I feel like my sweet spot is where I can help you say like, I'm going to try all this tech and I'll tell you what to try to use and then what things you should just ignore. I've always believed that we should feel less alone in a digitally connected world, not more alone. All right, so here's like a couple takeaways. Like, really, really think about these for a second. He discovered that his superpower, I'm doing air quotes, was leaning into the thing that made him different. Your brand, okay? Like, and, and this is something, Heather, I can't believe you remembered that I mentioned this, but she likes this line I said when I spoke at a conference. It was, your oddities are your commodities. And the reason is, you can't be like anyone else. We all have one set of taste buds. We all have different DNA. So, you know, the times where you think to yourself, like, this is what makes me different, and you use it in the way where different is derogatory in a way, it's probably a thing that is beneficial to you, that will help you stand out, and that if you lean into it, can you do some of the maybe life and success results that Brian's had. 
Yeah. And so let's bring this back into the newbies world. So if you think about if you're a creator, if you're working on a project, I'm not saying you have to air your dirty laundry or anything, but think about to Rich's point, what makes you different because that's what's going to connect you with people. One of the other things that I found when I got diagnosed and the more I've leaned into like this me was I had to give myself permission and grace that I do things differently, like create, like interact, like communicate, right? Like, and like, I had to forgive myself. Like I'm the person that I always tell people that if you text me and I don't text you back, it's because what you texted me was so good that I wanted to take time to get back to it. And I wanted to give you like a full answer. But the way my brain works is I don't stack tasks. So it just kind of fell off. And everyone I know, I always tell them, my clients, I'm like, nudge me. Like you just need to nudge me because like I will forget to reply. But for me, like so much of my life was like, Brian, just reply these messages or Brian, just do the dishes. And I would say like the most extreme is like, you know, doing mundane tasks is something I struggle with massively. Like the thing that's like probably the, like the most kind of puts it out there is like, like there's a, there's a sticky note on my door in my, my, my master bedroom that says, brush your teeth, Brian. And it's, and it's that serious that I will just forget. Like I like brushing my, I should be, I've probably been doing it 39 years that it should be like a pretty usual task for me. That task, it just never comes up as a priority. It never is something I care about. It's never, and you know, I know ADHD comes in like all these different shades and I, I will say my daughter, my middle daughter was diagnosed uh, with the same with me, ADHD, dyslexia, and I wasn't diagnosed till 31. And so now I get to see it through a dad's eyes of my, of like what I know I went through. And now my nine-year-old who just turned 10, um, is going through it. And now I, like, I get like a whole, like, I get like a refresh on life. Cause like we sit down with her, her teachers and we go through everything and say, when she does this, it's not cause she doesn't care. And they're like, yeah, but every other kid, I'm like, I know. And I was told that my entire life, like, why can't you do what every other kid's doing? But then like, so for me, it's like, I get this, like a double down on it, but I mean, ultimately, that's where I think this harmony is, right? Where it's not telling you, you have to be active on Discord or you have to take every relationship offline. It's like, hey, find what works best for you and like design that around you. And that's okay. And I think technology allows us to design some of these things. Hey newbies, our friend Sean has made an online course called NFTs Simplified. So consider it an extension of the things that we've tried to help you do. Now this course is going to cover a few things and we want to tell you about it because it is very affordable and it is very worthwhile. So obviously we're going to cover what an NFT is, how to transfer Ether crypto into your wallet, how to buy an NFT, NFT security basics, all so that you can do the things you want. Some of you want to make money, some of you want to invest money, some of you want to make sure your NFTs and your monies are safe. And that's exactly uh, why we're pairing up with Sean for this. So there will be five video lessons and there's also plenty of course handouts and notes. Uh, I'm looking at some of the reviews right now. Here's one from Haleem saying the course is great. I love the graphics and wish I had time to watch all this before I tried to do it myself. So there's additional reviews just like that, that made us confident to partner with him and to offer this course to you for 19 bucks. Okay. That's about three Starbucks grande drinks. Okay. So think about it, 19 bucks to keep your NFTs safe, to get you some of that extended knowledge that you want, and to just have a course from someone who is driven to help you. So we'll link it in the show notes. See you next time. So I like how he mentions, I do things differently and that's okay. And that we have the ability within the tech space to design a life that works for us. Rich just texted me today and said that he deleted Twitter and Clubhouse off of his cell phone because he's being intentional. I don't know if I'm airing your 
telling on you, Rich, but no. he's designing his life the way that he wants it to be ran. I don't think sometimes we think we have that choice. Like tech happens to us and we don't have any say, but we're creators of our lives. And that's what the point he was getting at here. For sure. And yeah, no, you're not airing my dirty laundry. I want to focus on a couple things. This podcast, and I want to focus on helping people start their podcast with my business, period. Like focus. everything else is extra. All that stuff is good, but it's just extra. This is where we're at. I'm like, even just doing this podcast right now, because we haven't done one in a while, feels fucking great. So next, we were talking to him, to Fanzo about this. Like, how do we make the digital space more human? Because maybe that is not part of the allure. Like you already might think things are impersonal because of LinkedIn. You might already think someone who likes your Instagram thing is not as good as a comment. So it's not that human. It's just kind of like mindless, right? But as things evolve into like a Web3 fashion, like how as we're like climbing deeper into the digital space and going into like a well, so to speak, how can we make it more human? And how can we remember that human beings are human beings and not numbers? Here's what he had to say. A big switch for me happened on November 2nd, 2013. I know the date because I've shared the story before, but it's a, it was a day actually, I, November 2nd, 2013, my mom had, had reached out to me and I just separated in my marriage and she had said, Brian, like, I don't see like, why don't you have your hat on in your social media photos? Like you're claiming that you're like being yourself, but like, where's your hat? And I remember being like, mom, you don't know social media. Don't you worry. She's like, I just know that you've the thing that you've always done was be committed to being yourself and you've never apologized for it. She's like, but it kind of felt like you almost are. And I hung up that phone with my mom that day and I was like, oh man, she was right. Cause I had spent like I was burnt out. I thought social media was annoying. I, I would spend like 45 minutes on a perfect text because grammar I struggle with, combination of dyslexia and ADHD, and like I have fat fingers. So like typing, I just I fat finger a lot of things. I just go, go back. And it was like that moment that I was like, oh my God, I've been trying to post online what I thought others wanted to hear versus being myself online and like letting people decide on their own, right? And and that day, like I went and I took a Sharpie and went to my, my bathroom mirror and I wrote, be yourself in giant letters. Uh, and it's actually the tattoo I'm getting in, in a week uh, on my arm, which I, I'm very excited about getting and I've uh, been designed. And it actually has like, a through line with my daughters. We, we, have, like, a, we have a lot of talks around like the concept of be yourself and, and transparency. And, but that day switched because that day I went from trying to like broadcast what I thought people wanted to giving people access to who I am and kind of letting that kind of go. Like for me, it's like, this is my day-to-day -day life. Like here's your window in. And I always tell people like, transparency doesn't guarantee trust, right? There's a lot of really bad people that they're transparent. We just determine they're transparent, right? Transparency gives people a window in to, to determine if you're trustworthy faster, right? So you can say, hey, I trust them because they're being more transparent. And so for me, like in many ways, I'm uncomfortably transparent for some people, which I know also happens to be a, an ADHD you know, trait, of especially those of us late diagnosed, we overshare. But like I own that. Like this is how transparent we are with my clients. Like my clients know at 2.40 p.m., Every single day is when my alarm goes off for my Adderall, my second dose of Adderall. My clients know it. So like they'll hear, oh, Brian, it's Adderall time. That's how transparent I am because I was like, I don't want them to think my lack of replying to an email. Like, Because I, I used to get this all the time. Brian, you're tweeting, but you haven't replied to my email. And it's like, well, the way that my creativity works and the way that my brain works, like you have to understand. And like it's very hard for like that neurodiverse conversation. And so for me, that's been a big one. And then the second thing I'll just add to that is 
I have a philosophy. It actually started with the, my days at SharePoint with the government was they would come in and say, Brian, what is your team doing? Like, I don't know any of them are doing anything of value for our clients. And I was like, so I went and told my team, I was like, I want you to screenshot everything awesome that is ever sent to us. And I want you to put it in this folder. It's a group folder. And every month when my boss would come in and be like, what are your team doing? I just open this folder. I call it screenshot awesomeness. And I do it every day, all day. Like when I get a, a nice tweet or an email or a comment, and I mean, there's lots of them with both of us, right? There's people that tweeted yesterday that said, hey, my favorite two podcasts together, I can't wait to do it. I screenshot it. I put it on my desktop on my computer. The days I'm feeling down, the days I'm questioning why I'm doing this, the day I'm like, am I making an impact? I just open that folder. And like giving myself like forgiveness for not operating the way everyone else operates. Like you, you pay 25% more for me to do a keynote opening of your, of your event. I hate mornings. I am a night person. Mornings, I just despise mornings. And I was like, you know what? If you want me to be your opening keynote, 25% more. And I remember my speaker agent, she was like, what are you doing? I was like, that's, I'm just telling you, it takes me that much more to do that. And when I started putting that out there to people, it was amazing how well-received that was because I owned why I was doing that. And like that to me has been part of the bigger lesson here is like giving people access, but also kind of owning some of my nuances that might, you know, kind of before I would have been ashamed for. I like the tip that he gave that you can screenshot awesomeness. So if you're somebody who's really hard on yourself and you feel like you're never making progress, take a screenshot of that sucker. That's a little awesome newbie tip. But I also wanted to ask him, I know for me, I struggle turning things off a lot (laughs) because I feel like I need to be in a Twitter space all the time. I feel like I need to be responding to people. And I'm telling y'all, Discord never ends. The stuff never ends. And if you have a a life, a family, a business, we have to set strong boundaries. And I deal with a lot of guilt around that because this whole hustle culture or whatever. But I wonder if he had any tips for us. I started buying extra devices that I monitor the notifications on devices are different on every device. So whenever I'm like, you know what, I need to spend time with my kids. But I need to be aware if like, if there's a fire, you know, if there's something with my team, something needs me. If I leave my phone, I turn into airplane mode, I grab my iPad mini, and my iPad mini has only certain notifications on there that are worth disrupting my life. The problem for me was, if you tell me to unplug, replugging in is a nightmare because I've missed all of that stuff. I refuse to unplug because it's like, no, thank you. Like, you are making my life for the next week hell if I unplug for one day. And so I was like... And, and this comes back to the security world. I've, I hate like all or nothing solutions. Like, cause like security that people do that, like, uh, you know, your password's password one, two, three, four, and then you get hacked. And now you create this like 45 character password with no words, no letters up, you know, everything. And you're not technically more secure because you have to write it down on a, on a sticky note because you don't remember it. And all of a sudden you're just as, you know, insecure as you were when you had the, the easy password. And I like look at that as like solutions. When someone tells me to unplug, I'm like, no, because the stopgap of that. And it gives me anxiety. Like, what am I missing? What, what notifications aren't I getting? It's so much so that I even have now another iPad that is for like the weekends where I was like, you know what, this one is going to be like, and, and so it is when I'm with my daughters, but I will say the other, the last thing I'll just add is I've asked my daughters, my, my oldest is 12. So I have 12, 10 and eight and I co-parent. So I have 50, 50 custody with my kids. And my oldest is, she's the lifesaver. She's the mom of this house. And I told her, I, I was like, you know what? If there's these moments where you feel I've checked out or you're having a conversation and you know that I'm worrying about something, tell me. Like, I want you to tell me. And my daughter will tell me. She'll say, Daddy, right now is the time. A, like, I'm like, okay, good. Now I need to go, like, you know, go into airplane mode or, or, or you know, whatever I decided that time. That has helped me a little bit, but it's still a struggle. And the, the guilt, 
you know, it's guilt on both sides. Guilt for missing a Twitter space that, you know, you know what? There's a bajillion Twitter spaces. I can miss as many as I want and they're still going to be there, but it, that anxiety still exists. But then there's also the guilt of like, how am I not being present with my daughters when I only get them every other weekend? And like that, I tell you what, the notification thing was the biggest game changer for me because it, it I, I'm very like, my daughters will know. Like I walk into the room with the iPad mini. They're like, dad, can we play Uno? Can we play the games? Because they know if I get interrupted, it's something that is so worth me disrupting it that I can like kind of break that cycle. So that's hopefully that helps. Yeah, it reminded me of when we, is this like humble bragging? When we interviewed Tom Bilyeu, <laughs> it reminded me of when he said this. Like we started making different decisions in our discord because we would be playing a game and thinking it's a lot of fun and everybody's having a good time, right? And people are like, yo, I haven't slept. And at first I thought 100%. they were kidding. <laughs> yeah. And then I realized, whoa, yeah. like they're serious. Yeah. And as somebody who just knows, everything is downstream of sleep. So it's like, if you're not getting sleep, you can't have the right emotions, like legitimately just at a neurochemical level. While each of us as creators need to be thoughtful. So like, I think a lot about gamification now, and I want to make sure that as we gamify things, it is designed to draw you more deeply into our world. Sure. And so the thing that I hold myself accountable to is drawing you into my world needs to be better for you. I think creators have to be really thoughtful about that. I think, mm -hmm. you know, doing things in your discord that allow people to get sleep, that's going to be yeah. meaningful, but it's going to be a real problem. And ultimately everything boils down to the individual and everybody has to take responsibility for themselves. Yeah. Now, just like, you're not gonna see me manufacture cigarettes. I would highly encourage people as creators to be thoughtful, to be able to look nakedly at what you're doing and feel good about it yeah. so that you're not doing things, you know, you're not doing something bad for people and saying, well, it was up to them and you know, they could yeah. have chose not to do it. I think that each of us will sleep better if you take a different approach. But yeah, ultimately all of life comes down to the individual taking responsibility for themselves and saying, you know, look, I'm in charge of my own mental health. So we got one more question for Fanzo, but before we go, we just want to give him a big thank you for coming on the show. Make sure you connect with him at iSocialFans over on Twitter. That is linked in the show notes and his incredible podcast, NFT365, which again, he is buying an NFT every stinking day. Super cool dude. But we went to our audience to get a random question. Y'all know how we like to do. And Lady Z hooked us up. Lady Z over on Twitter, she wanted to ask, Fanzo, if you could be any animal, what would you be and why? A monkey, uh, hands down a monkey, not because of like, we need more bored apes. Like let's, we don't need any more ape projects in the NFT space. So myself and my daughters, um, the day I was born, my dad gifted uh, me a, a monkey uh, and his name is Zippy. And I still have him to this day. He's actually sleeps in my daughter's bed. And so my three daughters were born into a terrible towel because I'm from Pittsburgh and they were born with a, a monkey in their, uh, in their hand. And for me, it's partially the idea that they can uh, yeah, hang around, you have fun, yeah, you might throw some poop at some people, but overall you're having a, a good time and you're, you're a good person around. So yeah, I'm a monkey for sure. All right, newbies, that is it. I want to just ask, I would love, would love if you would consider sharing this with someone who can hear it. This is a little bit of a deviation from how we usually are, but Heather and I are really big on mental health, and this kind of illustrated some of the struggles people could have out there. So for all the times we've ever said, don't have FOMO, for all the times we've always said, don't mess with your money if you don't have it, for all the times, anything, we've ever given you something that was valuable and it's a nugget that someone else will benefit from, 
hook them up with a link to this show or they could jam with us in discord or on our instagram lives every tuesday thursday whatever it is we would love it thank you so much like ridiculously thank you so so much for your support 